Hey, this is Raul from the Catch Wrestling Alliance, where we help elevate your grappling, and together we keep real wrestling alive. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, whether you're live on our, uh, you know, our YouTube channel or our Twitch stream, uh, you can definitely find us there, or basically wherever podcasts are available. Um, so let's go ahead and get uh, through the announcements uh, first. So yeah, we are still in the summer session at UCLA. So if you have any uh, way to, I guess, become affiliated with um, UCLA, then you can access that gym. So, um, you know, whether it be, you know, if you happen to live with someone who's like, uh, I think like a student at UCLA, uh, show them that you live at the same address, and I guess you can uh, join the gym there. It's called the John Wooden Center. Uh, but if not, if you're in the LA area, please uh, feel free to come visit us. Uh, Fight Science MMA, that's in uh, the area we call like Mid-City. So that's like right in the middle of this uh, enormous city uh, that we live in, Los Angeles. Um, uh, feel free to come train with us. You can always do... Um, even like private lessons if you want, if you can't make the our, our class time. So uh, just let us know. And if you're not in Los Angeles at all and you're not anywhere near uh, the East Coast with my buddy John Strickland in South Carolina, uh, feel free to join our, our online CWA Academy that's through our website, uh, catchwrestlingalliance.com. Uh, you can join us there. We also have a really great online community uh, with that includes even its own app so uh, people can share their photos uh, videos ask questions uh, it's really um, worth it like it really just dramatically increases the value of our uh, academy because it's not just some random chat room uh, it's much more active and it's also like an app on your phone so uh, whether it be iphone or android doesn't matter uh, you can you, it, it works all right so um, you know, feel free to join that. Uh, we also have one-off courses um, that you can you can also um, like say if you want if you don't want to become a uh, like a, a student, then you can also uh, do any of the one-off courses. Like we just have a new one that we released a few weeks ago, Pressure Pass Volume Two. That is a uh, builds off uh, like our last series where. Uh, we showed one way to pass closed guard. Now, the volume two is a way to pass seated guard, or sometimes people call it open guard. Um, so we show you wrestling principles that you can use to pass guard, and you know I've, this this really works. I, you know, I whenever I have to go to different cities, you know, I usually uh, find like the the jiu-jitsu class usually usually you can do like drop-ins at different jiu-jitsu studios so regardless of the affiliation and whatnot all, all these techniques really work so I put them together and uh, you're free to uh, learn some of them you know and uh, use them to your advantage get the advantage over your opponents so um, you know feel free you know and also if you want to support us just even more simply than you can always join our YouTube channel uh, you'll get a lot of our uh, extra content that's behind the YouTube's paywall. You know, it's really easy, um, so uh, feel free to help us out there if you can, uh, because we're definitely going to be moving on with uh, a lot of different things. So, like, we got our courses going on. We got uh, our YouTube channel that we should be getting back into full swing. 
um and then also even more catch wrestling events so catch wrestling matches and stuff so that should be coming up really soon so all any of your support will be uh basically used for that right just helping uh grow the sport and uh, have uh more authentic catch wrestling matches which basically are the most exciting um definitely the the most exciting and uh, basically the more uh catch wrestling like authentic catch wrestling we have out there then uh we could probably get more authentic catch wrestlers competing so um any of your help will go a long way to do that you know to help grow the sport so it's all really appreciated all right so uh, we already have one person on the on the uh, commenting shinhi uh shinhi is in uh, i want to say australia but he's not in australia he's in auckland New Zealand. Uh, thank you very much for uh, watching. Uh, Shinhi is is really uh, going to be holding it down on the the west coast of New Zealand. He has been uh, training in catch wrestling or learning authentic catch wrestling. Uh, so if anybody is out in the Auckland area of New Zealand, then definitely um, go ahead and check him out. I think uh, actually I've been meaning to do this for the longest time, but we'll try to put it on our our website like the people who've been training and their locations because uh, i and uh it's really easy for me to uh, mention john strickland because he's definitely one of the most authentic and you know with the longest lineage and who's been coaching and learning for you know the longest time uh but yeah i really want to give shout outs to people who have uh who've, who've also been you know training and catch wrestling uh who've also been part of our uh, cwa academy uh like shinhi because uh, shinhi's been there for for years now and he's been really um like a, a big student of grappling so he's also like a purple belt in jujitsu and stuff so it's not just like some random he's not just some random person that's uh you know just learning some random like catch wrestling stuff on youtube and stuff no he's actually a really serious student so um so I want to give a shout out to Shinhi while he's still on the line or while he's still there, maybe. So also people can kind of know who these people are. So I really got to put that on my to-do list to like add a page on our on our um, website to let people know uh, around the world where they can train. All right. So anyways, let's go ahead and get to the subject at hand. Uh, basically, what happened was it Friday night for us is probably like Saturday for uh, like like New Zealand or um, Singapore and stuff. Uh, so there was a one championship fight fight night, I think is um, in Thailand. And so what happened was there was you know, several fights, and I think we could totally talk about a lot of the other ones because there was uh, a grappling match, there was a women's grappling match that uh, went the distance. But I want to speak specifically about. Uh, the Gary Tonnen MMA match. He fought against a Russian fighter who was undefeated at that time. Uh, he had a very strong wrest. The Russian fighter had a very strong wrestling background. And for those of you who uh, don't know Gary Tonnen, he's like really one of the United States' most uh, famous uh, grapplers. He's kind of like, um, well, he was like one of Gordon Ryan's uh, uh, like uh, teammates and stuff. So. Uh, he's he's won a lot of uh, grappling, you know, jujitsu tournaments and whatnot. And he also um, transitioned to MMA. He's only lost 
one fight and it was actually because he was doing a lot of jujitsu off of his back and uh, the other person really knew how to defend leg locks and you know ended up uh, neutralizing any or every um, leg lock attempt from Tanan. so then he was able to then uh, just beat him beat him up but anyway so um, in this match between Tanan and the Russian uh, Gary was able to to do actually a technique that we show often in, in catch wrestling and then actually even just recently i believe there was a video uh that we put out um where you know if someone takes your back you can dive in for the knee bar and that's exactly what gary did and he was able to secure it but the russian wasn't tapping out and uh basically gary just just continued cranking it um and uh ultimately you can if you're watching the if you're if you watch the fight and you can watch it on was like if you're in the united states and canada it's like on amazon um amazon prime video or whatever but uh the russian guy he ends up kind of like like screaming out and then he taps out and so you can kind of see the uh gary bends the guy's knee like hyper extends it kind of bends it the way it shouldn't go and um afterwards there was a um if, like the post fight interview and i have it here i have a few i have the the few seconds uh that that explain what i want to talk about so let's go ahead and show it okay so this is the post fight interview uh with gary tonnen after that match against the russian where he bent the guy's knee back and keep in mind i had to break him i had him in a dead to rights knee bar he knew it but I had to break all the way through it before he was willing to give up, you know? So those breaking mechanics are important. Wait a minute, so you're saying you felt the knee break? Absolutely, I mean, there's probably no bones broken, ligaments for sure, but uh, yeah, I felt it tear, that's why he had to tap. Cause he was in the same position the whole time. It wasn't until I applied foot over foot breaking mechanics that uh, I was able to get that submission, so. So this is exactly what I wanted to talk about because what um, I've seen a lot, even in training. So it's like I, I, I like I mentioned earlier, uh, like I, if I travel to different cities, I usually try to take the jujitsu class in whatever city I visit. Um, also, I've trained you know many years at Tenth Planet. Uh, also training at Daisy Fresh here in Los Angeles. Um, so even in training, like in just sparring and even um, was it like open mats and stuff. So you'll get people where you you'll have them in a submission hold and you know that it's like very tight and it's like on the verge of breaking something and uh, these people don't want to tap and it's like um, and I know that there's several reasons that they don't tap so I would I would love it if people who are watching um, can just start like just commenting because I'm sure uh, you you might be that person uh, or you'll have different reasons because like if I I'll put out like maybe some some things that I've seen or some some things that I've uh, observed and some of my um, ideas but uh, you know I know that it's not universal so you know if anybody else has their own opinion on it you know please go ahead and comment um, so you know, you get people, even one person, this is, a, this is the most amazing part where it's like, it's not even a, a match and you're not even doing a tournament. Um, and like one person says, Oh, you're going to have to break it. Like, so like before they tap, so you're like, I'm not going to tap. You're going to have to break it. 
Uh, and this was just inspiring and, you know, in a like, can't even remember which gym it was, but uh, you get this attitude where, you know, people will just not tap and like they'll want, they'll even say it to the point, you know, they'll even say something where, uh, you know, like, where it's just a little too extreme in, in my opinion. It's like, because if you like the sport so much, it's even, you know, especially since uh, that situation happened in, uh, you know, in like a, like just a training session, you know, in the gym, you know, it wasn't even a tournament. It's like, you can tap out, you know, like I, I've always viewed uh, the, the gym time as like a place to experiment. You can try, you know, your different techniques. Uh, say if you learn something new and you want to try to uh, add it to your game or whatever, then this is where you try it out because if you're in a match like if you're in a tournament or whatever uh that's usually not the time to try out techniques or new techniques right because uh you probably don't know them well enough you haven't had enough experience using them uh to pull them off right so like in the tournament it's probably not the time to try out new things in training in the gym is is that time so, but i think sometimes even in the gym the, maybe this whole ego thing takes over and um, you'll you'll get people who even in the gym and you and like how uh, Gary mentioned in his post fight interview, it's like he knows that, you know, he's, he's very, very experienced. And so that and and in Gary's match, it was a professional uh, MMA match. So people aren't going to want to tap out easily. But you know how, like Gary said, it's like. I know that I, I had to to break his to break his leg, right? Because uh, and it wasn't too bad. You know, you can see the guy bending, you can see his knee bending back. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like some kind of like complete just destruction of the knee joint. Uh, but you know, the guy eventually tapped, but uh that's the thing. It's like it's almost to the point where nowadays it's like, well, you know, you have to kind of really hurt the person before they even think about tapping. And um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think it's the, the best thing, especially for people who really want to be competing for a long time, or uh, even even as a hobbyist or whatever. It's like if you wanted to be training for a long time, if like this is the the sport you enjoy doing for your exercise or whatever, it's like you, you probably want to tap, you know, or tap a little earlier, you know, um, because yeah, especially if it's in training, then you know, just you, you learn something. All right. Okay, great. So yeah, keep on commenting. We already got a few coming in. Um, yeah, so in, in my perspective, I think, you know, it's probably more of an ego thing. Um, but you gotta, you gotta, um, you know, like, I would, I would say go ahead and tap a little early. You know, not early, but I mean, if they really got you and you feel like you don't quite have uh, a way to escape, you know, you should tap out before they break your arm or break your knee or whatever. Um, and, and I, and I recognize that sometimes a submission will come on so fast and you don't have a chance to tap out and you could get injured that way. But, uh, we're talking about say like the, the match, if you guys saw that match, cause you can, you don't necessarily have to have Amazon prime or whatever, because they, like, uh, one championship plastered it all over their social media. So I think it's been shared tons of times. So you can just go to any one of the social media outlets or social social media accounts of one championship. I'm sure you'll see the fight. It just it just happened a couple of days ago. 
Um, all right, so let's go and get some of the, let's get to some of your comments. So, uh, Shinhe in New Zealand, uh, I need to be more top dominant and learn the pin more to call myself a catch wrestler. I'm more of a hybrid, but I am working my way there. But I do a set of catch submissions uh, in my arsenal. So yeah, you got it. You got to start somewhere, right? And at least Shinhe, you're um, you're trying to learn like the the legit catch wrestling. So it's it, it's only gonna you're doing it the right way, basically. And it's only going to help you. And it sounds like you're doing really well, even in jujitsu. So keep up the good work. All right, Patrick M. I don't train, but I don't understand the idea of not submitting. In some ways, when a submission is locked and there is not a escape, or if there's no escape, it's like um, checkmate to me. Tip your hat and tap. Yeah, let's go ahead and show this on the screen. All right, so, um, so that like that, that's the way to think about it, right? I think it's probably this is uh, so some, from someone who doesn't train. I think they're understanding the the, the idea where it's like um, you know you can still like I, I saw one person said like you know your dog is not going to turn away from you if you lose, and it's probably better to. Uh, to not have to take a lot of time off, um, um, you know, because like probably that, that Russian guy, um, he might have to take an extended uh, time off now because, you know, if, if his knee, depending on how much damage it took, you know, he'll have to rehab that. And that, that will definitely take several weeks to several months, you know. So then if he, if he planned on fighting, several times this year then he can't so um you know cuz you can always come back from a loss though so even Gary Tonnen has lost uh the Russian guy was undefeated up until that night so they still would have probably put him back uh, on a you know like they, they would have put him back into a fight sooner than later cuz i'm sure he's gotten a lot of uh like fans and all that so um promotions want to put the person who's like exciting and the person who um Who's like the fan favorite? They because it helps them get more views and sell more tickets and all that. So uh, you probably want to you know protect your joints. Um, Shinhee looked like Gary's opponent kind of earned his leg break by putting elbow uh, elbow shots on Gary's leg. Yeah, actually, that, that's uh, one good thing to bring up or one good aspect to bring up. Um, the guy, the Russian guy, I'm sorry, I forgot his name, but um, he was a very good wrestler and he was actually, um, he was, he, he threw a lot of knee strikes uh, when he got Gary down, but he, like Gary was able to get back up to standing, you know, you can still throw knee strikes and all that, um, but the Russian wasn't necessarily bringing Gary back down. So like when, when Gary was working his way back up to standing position um the guy wasn't using the wrestling to like keep gary down and under him um he like focused on maybe throwing more knee strikes so if gary kind of got up and he and the russian still had kind of a headlock he would throw knees but then that allowed several opportunities for gary to to get his way out or to work his way out and then ultimately it was like the second round the guy took Gary's back, but he, he kind of pushed him into the corner of the ring and just kept pressure on him there instead of taking him down. 
So that allowed Gary the opportunity to do that that move that you know even just as a few weeks ago we have a video out uh, where that happens where someone takes your back and especially if they're putting a lot of pressure on you so that means that they're they're standing behind you and their legs are close to you then they're they're pretty much giving up their leg to you because you just reach down between your legs you grab it and just like that's that's what Gary Tonnen did they rolled. And you, you know you, you end up in a knee bar position. So um, that guy almost like he could have maybe he should have used some of that wrestling to you know the pinning aspect to keep Gary down because like right at the beginning of the fight, the first round, uh, the guy got on top and uh, was just like punishing him with knee strikes, uh, but uh, didn't quite work on the whole pinning aspect so then gary was able to 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 actually hit a switch kind of where he or i would probably call it like a sit through and he was able to get out all right next comment the toho shinhi so the toehold is one sub that comes on very quickly especially in competition yeah 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 just like i said like yeah sometimes you you don't have uh, the ability to tap but if you do, uh, it's probably the best idea. Okay, Shinhee. Looked like Gary's opponent kind of earned his leg break by putting his elbow shot on Gary's leg. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what we're kind of talk, talking about now. Um, yeah, it's like um, the the Russian kind of put his leg in like the, the easiest position to be, um, like to get taken. Uh, he wasn't just cognizant of, of that whole idea. He could have definitely uh, kept his legs away, still keeping pressure, and then he could have pulled Gary down. That's a, that's another common catch wrestling takedown, but it's also a common amateur wrestling takedown um, where it's like if you get behind someone, you don't stand up like right behind them. Um, you you know you you keep your head by their hip, right, and then you you keep your butt away from them. So that means it. In turn, you know, that means your legs are going to be away from them. So it makes it harder for the, the person to reach back and grab something because uh, you're only the only thing they like. They really can't grab on onto you whatsoever because like your head is hugging their their hip. Your arms are tightly around their waist, so they don't have too much that they can really grab onto. Let me see. Shinhi. Uh, hammerlock and toe hold heel hook is the kind of sub you want to look out for. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and put that one up. All right, the hammerlock toe hold heel hook is kind of sub you want to look out for. Any leg locks for the matter, you know, tap early, it's not worth costing your leg. Yeah, so then now the the Russian guy will probably have to wait a while. Also, what the it's still famous, like in one championship, the guy who fought Mikey Muzumeki, where uh, it, he was the Mongolian guy that would just not tap, and uh, we haven't seen him since, right? But Mikey's had another match since, and I think they just announced yet another match for for Mikey. Uh, Mikey competes, or he's a uh, he's a uh, he competes for the same Daisy Fresh, or it's called Pedigo Submission Fighting. He's part of their squad. And his his sister just had a match at that event. Um, 
so they're all Daisy Fresh people too. So that's like a real up and coming school. So yeah, they they try to uh, kind of uh, their ideas like of like combining some wrestling with the their jujitsu. Um, so I, I still feel like it's more more jujitsu because they do a lot of gi stuff, but uh, they still try to uh, add a lot of these like takedowns and stuff to their to their game, even in even in gi, it seems. Um, so yeah, it's like going back to what we're talking about. We're having people who um, who potentially would tap early or tap properly, then you can still be competing, and then you won't have to recover. We don't have to waste all this time recovering. Uh, this is actually one of the things that, like in at Tenth Planet, you know, because I was there for several years. Um, you know, the, the, one of the guys who loved leg locks and they even had him teach a class, one of the brown belts there, um, he, he would often talk about, uh, you know, just, it's not worth it, you know, to get your, your ligaments torn up and stuff. So, um, but even with that, <laughs> like, he definitely would try to not tap out until you you know you're really about to break something but i think that's one thing where it's like maybe you're a real if you're a real expert and you kind of know when is the last moment that you can tap um then that, that's kind of one thing but because uh he would still tap like you know when you're really a, about like when you did everything right you know he would tap so um so i think you know, he was kind of measuring if there was any wiggle room or not, then he could still maybe try to get out. But if that wasn't there, then he would definitely tap. So I think that's still in the whole uh, mindset where, you know, it's like you're, you're thinking about your longevity and not, and not just like trying to not tap. Uh, let's go ahead and put this one up. This is a good question. So another one from Patrick M. Uh, does the corner ever have the responsibility and maybe preventing their fighter, uh, yeah, preserving their fighter a little and try to throw in the towel? I can only see that in between rounds for MMA. Uh, yes, yes. So uh, that can still happen, right? So the corner can throw in the towel um, in MMA matches. And so um, uh, that's a total possibility. And that's that. That's what happened in was the Hoist Gracie Sakuraba match. That's like the longest uh, match like ever in the history of MMA. Cause I guess they, they, they agreed to do like a no time limit thing. And a hoist was really no match for Sakuraba, like even like stamina and especially stamina wise. So uh, they threw in the towel for him uh, later. I think it was after the 90 minute mark. So that's still, still a long match. Right. But um you know, like the Sakuraba was still the you know the most dominant in that match. So um, yes, I think um, so. Like going back to this, the fight we're kind of talking about mostly the the Russian versus Gary Tonin. Uh, yeah, they could have they could have called that one a little bit early, but then the, there's this weird uh, kind of thing where it's like, say if Say if the guy didn't tap, and then um, they threw in the towel, and then you know the guy might, the fighter might be complaining, but um, 
you know, it's like you kind of have to, if you're the corner and and if the guy didn't tap, you know, and you see the, the elbow breaking, uh, you probably should throw in the towel. The referee should probably be all over that. But so it, it, it was like, this wasn't like, so um, like gruesome where Gary was able to, uh, you know, totally just like destroy that limb. Uh, even so, even that Mikey Musa Meki match, where against the the Mongolian, it it did you know actually sometimes it did look kind of bad, but it wasn't like a, uh, I think there's this match many years ago. It happens a lot more in arm bars where it's like I think it was one of the one of the Ronda Rousey matches, right? Didn't she bend some girl's arm back where it went like completely the wrong way and stuff? So that's when the referee will definitely jump in, but uh, potentially the the corners should uh, try to protect their 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 fighter patrick it was an amazing match they did they did have rounds but still 90 minutes was crazy yeah and um uh you know sakuraba was like playing drums on hoist and all that so uh so just overall he just looked more most dominant shinhi Good example of leg lock fatality, Mikey Musumich. Yeah, that, that was the match I'm talking about. So Gan Gantumor Bayan Duren uh face palm moment. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, that was a match where Mikey he um, he was up against the Mongolian and like that guy like just did not tap and but his legs were pretty mangled, but he was able to stand up after, right? Uh, so Patrick, the ref jumped in with Sakuraba versus Henzo when it dislocated, then a little more controversial with Sakuraba and Hoyler, though not sure how Hoyler thought he was getting out of that sub. Yeah, yeah. So that that was um, that. So that, that's always like sometimes the problem where it can be controversial, and then the ending can be controversial. So I think that's why like the ref and the corners will probably want to leave it up to the fighter themselves to tap out. Um, so then I think it kind of goes back to the whole idea where it's like, well, you should think about your longevity. <laughs> so since ultimately like no one wants to be responsible for the controversy or a controversial stoppage. So, you know, you want to, you know, think about it because, uh, you know, uh, Sun's still gonna come out tomorrow, and you know if you, even if you lose, and um, you know your family's still gonna like like you or love you or whatever. Uh, you know your pet's still gonna love you. They're still gonna be dependent on you to feed them. So um, you know uh, it's not too bad to to lose every once in a while. You know winning is fantastic and all that, but uh, just you know if they you know you you, you don't really want to risk too much time off just having to rehab that sucks shinhi yes ronda rousey versus misha tate so that was one of the ones where just misha's arm just got bent back the wrong way and it just looked so nasty <laughs> so um you might want to tap before that right Yeah, so it's going to show the so for those who kind of came in a little bit later, it's going to show what I'm talking about. So 
Um, this isn't the match, but this is the post-fight uh, interview with Gary Tonnen. It's just a few seconds long, so let's go ahead and play it. And keep in mind, I had to break him. I had him in a dead-to-rights knee bar. He knew it, but I had to break all the way through it before he was willing to give up, you know? So those breaking mechanics are important. Wait a minute, so you're saying you felt the knee break? Absolutely. I mean, there's probably no bones broken, ligaments for sure. But uh, yeah, I felt it tear. That's why he had to tap. Because he was in the same position the whole time. It wasn't until I applied foot over foot breaking mechanics that uh, I was able to get that submission. So. Yeah, so he's saying what's kind of becoming really common nowadays where it's like you kind of you kind of really got to hurt someone, which I think is in a way unfortunate. But I guess it's like, uh, you know, you, I, I feel like it's kind of an ego thing. Go ahead and give me your thoughts about it. Um, you probably want to think about longevity more than recovery, right? So, okay, Shinhee. Renzo still to this day thinks Sakuraba is a BJJ guy. Hell no, he is not. Give credit where it's due. Let's go ahead and put that one, <laughs> put that one on the screen. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the thing. It's like I think, yeah, I think there was some kind of interview with Henzo, and he was saying something along the lines of that, where it's like, oh, his his jujitsu is so good and all that, and like, but it's like, no, uh, Sakuraba did a lot of, of course, like the catch wrestling and stuff. He also did a lot of freestyle, I believe. Um, so he wasn't like a complete beginner when he trained with uh, Roy Wood and Billy Robinson and stuff. So. Um, so because that actually kind of brings up the idea where it's like there's a lot of people um like so say like in jujitsu are going back to shin he's idea where it's like give credit where it's due uh, a lot of people don't give credit where it's due um but also to um there's um oh darn i kind of forgot what i was gonna say but yeah let's try to give credit where it's due let's get to the next comment Oh, actually, I remembered what I was saying. Because so then in wrestling, you uh, you get a lot of people like in the history wrestling history chat rooms where they think like every match in history is we call a work, right? It's like it was predetermined, and so there's no legit match. Like even back in the heyday of catch wrestling and whatnot. Um, so you get these two extremes where it's like you get people now where you'll see people not tapping and then just getting their limbs destroyed. Um, and then you go the opposite where it's like some people are thinking that everything is fake. So um, I don't think that every big match in history was fake. Um, so, you know, there's, you get this wide variety. So you get all these people with different reasons as to like why something did or didn't happen during a match. And sometimes they make it into this big conspiracy, but um I think nowadays in particular, you know, you'll get some, well, actually it has been discovered. It wasn't in UFC. There was like some, some guy they had to kick out because uh, he was a fighter and then he became a coach of some people. And they were, uh, I guess, like betting against, betting for themselves or against themselves. And they were actually kind of throwing some matches in UFC. Uh, and then that guy got um, like banned and all his fighters and stuff were banned. Uh, this was the past few years. I forgot the name of the guy though. So yeah, some things are fake. Um, let me see. Where's the next comment? Oh, Patrick, I do find that there is a long time 
where some BJJ people just think everything subwise is BJJ. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, so they think like jujitsu like started everything, and you know, a lot of these holds um, were considered wrestling holds. So like that's why you're not gonna hear, you're not gonna see any talk in like these old books about submission holds so much. Uh, you'll see a lot of things called locks or uh, like say like double wrist lock and all that uh, but they were considered like wrestling holes where you could control someone uh, people were scared of like frank gotcha's toe hold uh, so they, they're called holds or locks and stuff uh they weren't necessarily considered uh or they weren't they were i guess they weren't using that terminology at the time sub submission and stuff so I think some people get confused by that and they think there's actually no submissions whatsoever in catch wrestling, but th these were wrestling holds. Oh yeah, Patrick again says, or it's big guy moves, right? When you see a big guy like Josh Barnett, um, you know, using his size, um, you know, to sub submit people. Um, yeah, you get this, you get this idea where, or it can give this idea where it's like you got to be some big uh, guy to you know to beat up small people or whatever, and then that kind of also helps jujitsu where they try to promote themselves as being like the the sport for the little person going up against the big wrestler and or the big guy and you can you can fight from the bottom and whatnot and so um, uh, that's you're right in that you get these weird kinds of thinking uh but really yeah you can you can do very very well as a as a small person um you know using wrestling principles to you know even beat bigger people so um it, it's not all it's not all jujitsu because like a lot of like some of the best uh, american wrestlers uh, weren't the biggest guys and then also going back to the lancashire region right so lancashire catch wrestling back in England, uh, a lot of those guys uh, weren't the biggest guys. So, um, you know, a lot of them were kind of middle height or like, I think they're considered more like five, six in height. You know, so that's definitely not six feet. Right? Um, so it, they weren't like these huge Hulk type people. Um, and so like, you know that these aren't big guy moves, right? Even look at a uh, even Frank Gotch wasn't the biggest of men, and also uh, Farmer Burns and stuff. Just looking at these pictures, you know they were slender guys and all that, so um, they weren't they weren't like the these big hulks that can just use their size and strength against people. It was actually using technique. Okay, Shinhi, I had to study it myself. I found catch wrestling from finding the history of uh, behind the Kimura or the double wrist lock, which I found was a double wrist lock and catch wrestler does it far better than BJJ breaking arm in three places. Yeah. So, um, um, so like I said, like Shinhee, Shinhee should know, right? Cause <laughs> he's, he's a purple belt in Auckland, Australia. And I think you even uh, helped teach, right? Um, like so, you you'll help teach at the jujitsu school that you uh, you go train at, um, and so knowing the way uh, the double wrist lock is taught in jujitsu, um, 
you know, Shinhi found that it's just like using the catch wrestling or the wrestling uh, perspective or the wrestling kind of principles, uh, you can make that hold much more into like a devastating submission hold. I just know you can also use it as a way to control somebody. So, um, you know, just, you know, you can throw someone around with it or keep them pinned down or put them onto their back and all that. So it is, it's very versatile. So there's more to these holds than just the whole idea of the submission. So, yeah, I'm glad you discovered that shit here. So, um, yeah, so, un so, uh, unfortunately, yeah, people are, you know, they're, they're forcing, they're forcing you to, you know, really almost break their arm. Um, but hopefully people will kind of chill out about that or maybe become a little bit better sports, I guess, if it's like an ego thing, you know, if they can chill out and just, just know that like, say like around Southern California, there's like jujitsu competitions, like all the time. Like I think almost every weekend. So um you know if you don't win today you can uh you can uh go to the next one next weekend right so uh there's so many things go into like winning a jiu-jitsu tournament um actually the the coach at, at daisy fresh i think he had a pretty good uh, outlook on it uh the other day he said something like uh just the, the tournament is like just how you um like how you are that day you know so just Think of it as the uh, the litmus test of like how you're doing. Like, did you get enough rest, or do you train well enough? Like, are you uh, taking care of the more well-rounded aspect of of your health and whatnot? So, um, you know, uh, Alexander. So this is a good this is a good um, comment here. Let's go ahead and put that up on the screen, uh, Alexander uh when should you let go so this this is kind of turning it on the onto the person right so uh so in the match we're talking about gary tonnen uh versus the the russian guy sorry i forgot his name but um so you so in the in the post-fight interview gary's like i had to break his leg right and in a way it's like kind of true in that say like if gary didn't like pretty much break his leg uh the ref wouldn't stop it the guy wouldn't have tapped and he would have still had to keep fighting and like we saw like uh, in a recent match was it gordon ryan versus uh, uh nikki rodriguez when nikki like obviously hurt gordon's foot uh gordon just continued and you know like was still able to get a win um so as the competitor applying the submission hold uh you gotta think also so it's like it's becoming like this this whole idea where it's like almost like encouraged to break someone's uh, joint so and then as the competitor you got to know that if everyone's thinking this way where it's like the ref doesn't want to stop it and your corner doesn't want to throw in the towel uh the other person's probably not going to not going to stop until they have to then you might want to think about you know tapping before uh you get something broken right so yeah that was a good idea where it's like say if you, if you want to be kind like that was a good question from from alexander salazar um you know you can think about like 
well, if you want that person to get hurt or not. So I would say like in, in training and stuff, if it's really locked in, then yeah, let it go and you can keep rolling. Um, but yeah, in a match, yeah, you'd probably want to hold on to it until they stop you, right? Or until the person taps. Shinhi. BJJ people have this strange mentality that BJJ is the only grappling art that is effective. It's a very closed mindset. Uh, yeah, it seems seems to be the case in from for many people. Uh, Shinhi, there is reason why you don't see America Americana pulled off in the highest level of comp because it's easy to defend as the top double wrist lock. Once you put it in, then there's no way out for your or your wrist will break. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we did a we actually a very old video about this where it's like you. Uh, was it John Danaher said that where it's like, oh, you don't see the Americana or in catch wrestling, we often call it the top wrist lock. You don't see that uh, in top competition, but when you see it applied, when they're doing it, like, I get Danaher saying like, oh, should Danaher said in a post, and this is like years ago now, you can go look it up, but like, it'll probably be hard to find. But he said, he said a few things where it was like, uh, you don't see it in top competition because. Uh, maybe like it's because it is easy to get out of and then maybe we should not teach it to anybody even though it's like a, a technique that's taught in the white belt level of jiu-jitsu but then we did a response video uh, where it's like yeah if you use you know wrestling principles you can you can get that submission uh, and we, we we've seen it several times in uh, professional MMA and all that so uh, where I think in MMA, because there is a heavier emphasis on learning wrestling. Um, so I think maybe they would have, you know, maybe they were applying a little bit more of the whole the whole idea of the pinning principle uh, when they were going for it. Um, so uh, you are seeing it. So ultimately, I think, you know, like he was just wrong about that. Um, but yeah, if you know these, these the pinning principle, you can totally submit people with with uh you know double you know top wrist locks or american americanas barry do you know many effective leg locks that can be applied without having to fall back i think neil melanson illustrated them in one of his dvds um well yes you can you know uh if you're say like a lot of the achilles ones like if you do a takedown you can kind of go for it uh, you know, if you say like if you, if you throw them down, you stay standing. You can go for it standing. Uh, you can kick over. Uh, you can do like a like with like a half crab or um, you know these kinds of uh, locks where uh, you don't necessarily have to fall back for it because yeah, if you don't have everything locked up really tight and you, you're not you're not really uh, pushing them forward with your legs or your feet, uh, then they can come up and uh stack you and uh, they can fight back so um yeah maybe that can be something that we um we talk about in a an upcoming youtube video maybe we can kind of uh, show uh maybe one or two of these kinds of leg locks where you don't have to fall back a lot of that stuff we consider it like what step over toe holds stuff it would be like in that category for uh catch wrestling so catch wrestling doesn't necessarily have um they're, they're not like uh, like Japanese things where it's like every little thing has a name, um, but we'll have like 
categories and the everything will be variations of that so uh, the, a lot of step over toe holds you can do without falling back so hopefully that answered your question barry all right so uh, i guess you know that you know feel free to keep you know offering your opinions uh, i think uh, that fight kind of gave you a lot to think about at least uh, i wanted to kind of share that with with you guys so uh, you can kind of uh, think about your longevity and stuff in your sport. Like, you, you know, might be better to tap if they, um, you know, if they got it in real deep and, uh, before you start feeling your tendons rip and whatnot. Um, so think about it, you know, feel free to comment, but I think maybe, uh, this, it'll be good to end it here. So, uh, feel free to join our channel or our academy or anything, you know, uh, to, our goal here is to uh, not only keep real wrestling alive, but also to elevate your grappling. So, um, you know, let's all work together and uh, create something really good. All right. See you next time.